Body count, body count, body count. Yeah, Masters of the Universe podcast show, Halloween Spooktacular Edition, show number three. We're going to be talking about Child's Play 2, everybody. And I am going to bring in one of my co-hosts to the north, as usual, Adam Peterson. Spooktacular. Yeah, man. Are you not pumped up now for this uh, edition? <laughs> I th- th- we came we came like last the last episode. I really enjoyed that. You know, the, another I was like, that's a really good. It's a departure like this. I think that's what I love about the spectacular is it's a time when we get to do different things, which oh, we can do yeah. different things, whatever. But the spectacular always ends up being special like that, like. And then we just came, you just came. I mean, like it was, we came kind of subtly out of the gate, like cool last week. It was like this just no, came I, crashing through like a wrecking. I like, kicked the door down was, for this. You episode. did. <laughs> and then there, the the Chucky laugh was just oh, it's just music to my ears. It's the chef's kiss, baby. Uh yeah. This movie came out back in November 9th, nineteen ninety. Um. I'm just gonna bust out the uh, the house cleaning stuff that we normally do. Just get it out of the do way. Do it. Uh, this movie was directed by John Lafia, produced by David Kirshner, who's a pretty accomplished producer. Guys, mostly he he sort of came up as a Don Bluth animation guy. He created American Tale, the Fievel goes, you know, those Fievel movies. Uh, he also produced Hocus Pocus. So this guy really has a. F- you know, that, that was sort of his entry into the horror Halloween sort of thing. Although that was actually the 90s now that I think about it. Doesn't matter. Uh, the dude's like a, a pretty pretty big producer. Uh, and written by and created by, really, Don Mancini, who, you know, I, we were talking offline about, and I was saying how underrated uh, the Child's Play series is yeah, on my it really part. really is. You know, I, I know that it's had its fans, obviously, because, it you know, new things just keep sprouting up every couple of years. So there's a following. And at one point, I was definitely one of them. For the first three Child's Play movies, I was very invested in, just loved them. Uh, considered doing the first Child's Play, but I thought, you know what, that's... That's you'd see me coming if I did that. I'm gonna go with Child's Play Two because that one's probably my favorite. Uh, that one and Bride of Chucky, like those two, to me, just sort of illustrate the best. What's fun about the Child's Play movies or the Chucky movies? 
And uh, I watched them all in preparation. You know, we joked at the end of the last episode that, you know, you'll probably go and watch all the Child's Play movies to prepare for this. And then I went and did it. You know, you did it. <laughs> I went to sit down because most of these are streaming on Peacock right now, if you have it. Yes. Um, by the way, man, they're just killing it for, for the Halloween season. They're so, they loaded that streaming. They really with, did. Peacock with, is, is doing a fantastic job with their their horror lineup for I, Halloween. I really hope they continue to do that because Peacock would be smart to just gobble up that entire audience. Yeah. Um, you know, like maybe we don't have um, Stranger Things or, or you know, one of their other many successful shows. But, hey, we got we're going to own Halloween. Peacock is going to own Halloween. And I'm OK with that if, if they want to do that. <laughs> But but I watched that, and then I watched Child's Play 3, which um, I have fond memories of as well. But then they stopped coming out, and the Child's Play movies didn't, like, re... They, they didn't start back up again until the late 90s. And by yeah. then, I was over it, you know? I, I just didn't really care anymore. By the late 90s, those types of movies were being made fun of by Scream, <laughs> the movies that we wanted to go see at that time. Yeah. The more meta st- style of horror, we, that's just what most people were into. So I just ignored it. That was on my bad because that movie is amazing. And I heard decent buzz when it was out that it was like, oh, this is actually pretty fun. Uh, and I, you know, took that in, but just sort of forgot about it. And then there was a there was a sequel to that. And then they did like a whole you know, a couple other movies that I guess started up its new trilogy. But they, it, all of it is like canon, I guess. But there definitely yeah. seemed to be like a trilogy plan for like each time these things crop up. And right now there's a series, a Chucky series that I haven't seen. And I'm probably going to check out. I, I know you told me that I think early on this, this series is pretty good, but maybe maybe it's not so it, it, it wears <laughs> off maybe. The first season, I felt like it started off really strong, um, and then it just kind of, like I don't know. It's it's one of those they they did a really good job of keeping all of the players that you are left with at the end of Cult of Chucky. <clears throat> they're they're in the mix. Good. Everybody that you, you I mean, it's you know you have Andy Brad Dourif as the voice. You've got right. Fiona uh, right. Dourif in the mix. You've got Jennifer Tilly. Alex Vincent, um, I forget the actress who plays Kyle, uh, but she's in the mix. Um, so I mean, you've got the, I mean the the OG players that are in this. They just have a new setting, and I was I was uh, one of the things that intrigued me about the first season is Devin Sawa is in it as well, and he plays two roles. He plays twins. I was oh, like, yeah. okay, that's interesting. So I that's. Honestly, in addition to the fact that it was Chucky and I was kind of curious, right. I was like, okay, Devin Saw was in this as two characters. All right, I'll, I'll give it a I'll give it a watch. And it's it's still I mean it's still interesting. It's still entertaining. It just some of the story kind of goes in and out of stuff from like yeah. the the story part of it is meh, but the Chucky part is entertaining. I I thought Curse of Ch- or Cult of Chucky was actually really good. Um, yeah, the Curse of no, yeah, the Curse of Chucky was like okay. 
I can yeah. appreciate what they were trying to set up, and it was good. All of them are good. It's kind of like a Star Wars movie, you know. People want to gripe yes. and complain and and uh, rank them and say that some are better than others, and they are to a degree. But they're all entertaining. They're all Star Wars movies. So even the worst one's pretty fun. I feel the same way about all the Child's Play movies now. And uh, but I don't know something about the setting in the uh, mental institution. Really, it kind of gave me like a Nightmare on Elm Street 4 kind of vibe a little yeah. bit. And uh, I like that. <laughs> so it, it is good to know that they're trying to do a little bit of con- continuation there. We love continuity, you know. We can think, we can all think MCU for that. I mean, now now we need continuity. Now we need, you know, like there are no more one-offs anymore. And if there are one-offs, and I... You know, I don't want to get into this like, real deep discussion off the top of the show about another movie, but I think Halloween ends, if you look at it in a vacuum, I think a lot of people would have liked it. But I guess some people just feel like it doesn't follow the, the thread of the first two movies well enough, and now they hate it. And I can understand. It's, it's kind of like the whole um, The Last Jedi argument. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I, I understood what they were doing and I accepted it. I just accepted that. Okay. Well, they hired this guy who's a very good storyteller to tell a story. And this is the story he's telling. And it's part of the Skywalker saga. So we as fans, uh, can just accept that and sit back and enjoy the ride. Or we can bitch and moan and scream the whole time. And, I, I am pretty sure that most of the people that hated Last Jedi just stayed away completely from um, uh, the, the Last Skywalker. Or was it the Last Skywalker? <laughs> was it? Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Thanks. By the way, I really enjoy those movies. I went to see them all in theaters, but I haven't seen any of them except for um, Force Awakens. That was kind of a big deal. I haven't seen the other two more than once, I don't think, since it came out. And I'm fine with that. Unlike the original three Star Wars movies where I will watch them multiple times a year. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just love well, them. And one, of the, one of the things, and I, and I think it does give, because I did the same thing. I, I did uh, a straight through on all seven Chucky movies. And it's, it's one of those, like, it. I I'm I'm worn out with people going to see a movie, especially movies that are um good movies, fun entertaining movies, and coming away from it and like, "Oh my gosh, this movie was the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen." And I'm just like, "Really?" Like <laughs> like a, a Thor Love and Thunder got a lot of hate. Oh yeah. Uh, recently. Yeah, that's good. That's and that's what I was like, I get too. I get that, you know, it might not have been exactly what everybody expected or it, you know, it was like, oh, there was some missed, like, cause that, that was a th- when we were talking offline about Halloween ends, it's like, I could appreciate what I felt like they were trying to do with the story. Mm-hmm. It just fell flat in some ways for me. Like it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I am offended to my very core that this movie even exists. Like I want to vomit every moment of the day that I know that this movie is an actual it's like no oh that's ghostbusters I answer the call it. right there i mean that's just people couldn't handle it i mean, I mean it, it's like i mean just this i don't know where the expectation came from that every movie that anybody i mean like 
people will sit, they'll plunk down and they'll watch 10 hours of the shittiest Netflix show. I'm like, eh, it was all right. You're right. But you ask somebody to sit down for 90 minutes to watch a movie. And if they are not on the edge of their seat, enjoying every second of it, the review is like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. I'm like, oh, I know. Everyone just says, okay. like, this is garbage. That's that's sort of yeah, the common like, way to to give, even if it's just a good grade, not an amazing grade. You just say it's garbage. And yeah, when I hear I'm that, like, I'm deeply offended. Like to me, garbage is something you throw away. It's not worth anything. That's not a oh, good yeah. descriptor of a movie that you had en- you know you got some enjoyment out of. I don't know. I-, I think it's just people like to bitch and moan, and sometimes people have a point. But it's cool to just like listen to their point and move on like you don't have to just challenge that point and make your life miserable when they obviously don't care so you know just if you loved the the prequels you know cool that's fine i i liked them too when they first came out it's totally fine but with these child's plays movies i like i was telling you it's just like i think this might be uh top to bottom just if you averaged everything up i think it might be the best of all of those 80s uh, horror franchises that we hold so near and dear yeah. to us. The Friday the 13th, the, the Nightmare on Elm Streets, uh, the Halloweens. This is right up there with all of those. And if I were to rank them, ooh, man, I don't know. Like, there would be a case for the Child's Play movies to be at the top. Just because of the love and attention that is given to him, like, a lot of these horror movies, I feel like, are just really huge cash grabs, especially when they try to reboot these Friday the 13th franchises. Just the heart's not there. It was in a moment in the 80s. It, everyone was into it back then, and now we're trying to bring it back with like a cooler new contemporary edge, but you yeah. know, they're still trying to do the same thing, and nobody's interested, or at least not enough people are interested. And the people that go see it, the people that paid the bills, bitch about it. So <laughs> nobody's happy. Yeah. Um, but not with Child's Play, dude. I'm really having a good time. Now, I'm not saying they're all great movies, but it's fun how they find new ways all the time to have a toy kill people and make it feel legitimately threatening uh, yes. without using a ton of digital effects. And they use, you can definitely tell they rely a little bit more on digital effects in the, in the 2000s and beyond. In the later, yeah, yeah, the later installments, definitely. I think they're still probably using a physical prop, but they're for sure using special effects to make his mouth and face articulate. I like, uh, especially in Bride of Chucky, there was a sequence where Jennifer Tilly, I think, was in a filming a movie, and they were showing the dolls like from the back, and it's just there's just tons yeah. of machinery going up their asses you know it's just yep, the wires yeah wires and and coils and and hydraulics so and i'm watching child's play too and especially like the scene where chucky's coming out of the uh of the of the closet in the teacher's room he's like he's yeah. ready to kill the uh the the, the lady from donnie darko <laughs> and he's he's kind of coming out and he's walking and, it, you know, that is a puppet for sure. No, no, no special effects, digital effects in 1990. And the camera is just doing just enough to it. Not, I'm not saying it's super fluid looking, but they really kicked it up a notch from two to one even because in one they'd use, you know, they relied a lot on some POV shots 
and there were a lot of like little yeah. people dressed like good guy dolls running around. You see their little feet moving. Uh, and then they did have a prop, you know, and he would pop out from out under the couch or whatever. But he, it's like you, they, they didn't have a lot of creative ways to have Chucky be more mobile. And in this one, they really kind of tested themselves and showed Chucky in a lot, a lot of various positions where they can't cheat by having a, a puppeteer going up from the couch or something. They, they had to rely on probably the types of effects that were common during that time on shows like Dinosaurs. You know, like yeah. the, the um, oh gosh, Jim Henson style puppetry. The creature workshops. Yeah, creature workshops. You could tell there was probably just the state of the art technology going into those things. But, and that's what it was at the time. But there just were no digital effects, really. And well, that was because that was one of the things when I was watching, even when I was watching the first one, I was, you know, I was like, man, because I, I noted to myself kind of, especially in uh, in Curse and Cult of Chucky, I've, I found myself feeling like I kind of actually prefer the look of Chucky from the, you know, the original few films over. And I was like, there's, uh, it's not a huge difference. Yeah. But it's like, I, I almost, I mean, the, the mechanics of how the face moved, especially, I think what I really love about the, what, uh, about the second one is it felt, I mean, of all the movies, I think Child's Play 2 is the best. Yeah. I think you get the best story. I think you get the best presentation of Chucky. Um, and I think it really showed in, in that because in the first one you have, I mean, I, th- I want to say Chucky doesn't really show up on screen until like, like 40 minutes into yeah. it, give or take. Yeah. Um, so you can, you kind of have that, um, you know, you, you're aware of Chucky, but you don't really see him in his Chucky self. You see the doll, you see first person shots where he's kind of moving around, but you don't see like that turn to where you're the, you know, from your point of view, you're seeing Chucky like, ah, I'm Chucky and he's right. interacting with somebody. Right. And so, but in the second one, you know, you're kind of like right out the gate, here's Chucky. Right. So you get Chucky all throughout the movie. Yeah, you got and that you can cool tell that opening they... sequence where they're taking the oh, yeah. melted Chucky and I guess restoring it. And that made me like those teeth and mouth and tongue really made me uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh, does the doll I mean, that's have the thing. To, it's like, does that toy doll have to have such uh, as such an ugly mouth, like such a realistically ugly <laughs> mouth? <laughs> I mean, shouldn't there be like some little soft, cartoony-looking teeth in there, and not those crazy animal teeth? Yeah, not this. Oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> did, you, did you go and pull John Wayne Gacy's teeth out and put them into this <laughs> yeah, doll? I think maybe they made a mold. And just stuck it up in Good there. Good lord! But I really agree with the choice that they they uh, made to because the the original uh, actress who played the mother in Child's Play is not in this, which is crazy. Uh, and I just always assumed it was probably because she refused to make a sequel. But actually, from what I read online, and I'm sure it's true because it's online. She was into the idea of making a sequel, but they had they had other ideas for the story. And I really like what they did by taking Andy and putting him in like foster care. Right off the bat, you're sort of setting the tone for a, a, a really horrific thing for a child to have to go through. Right. I mean, he's he's been with his mother. They were perfectly happy and fine. This awful thing happens. They ended up institutionalizing his mom because she just corroborated his story. 
So I'm really, I'm really disturbed by how easy it used to be, <laughs> at least in horror movies. It's probably not a real thing, but how easy it is to get someone committed. Like that seems like a crazy reason to commit a person because you are like, oh, yeah. I believe my son. But anyways, for the story, I like that because right away he's alone. It's perfect for the plucking. Uh, you know, he's got this these foster parents who seem nice enough, but even even like the father, like he kind of has like a sinister look to him. <laughs> and yeah, and, he never never comes across as like a warm like yeah, you should go with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'll get used to him, <laughs> like a dog or something. Yeah, I suppose. I oh, and you know, he's uh, he's got this for a while girl, like teenage uh, girl that they're also fostering and. So he has kind of a friend. She she's uh, sympathetic to him at least. She's at that closer to the age gap. Um, but I I like that he's on his own and his parents aren't around. It's like you take a like if you really want to disarm a child, take them away from their parents. <laughs> you know. And oh yeah, made him. T I mean, it it and the because I in the first movie, I mean, for being as young as he was, he was a decent child actor. Yeah. Not great, but you know, passable, um, for especially for what he had to do. But then when you get him, you get Alex Vincent into the second one, and you take away kind of you take away his safety net, even within you know that cast that he was uh, used mm -hmm. to. You like, I really appreciate it. Like he stepped. I mean, he still wasn't like a great. He wasn't like, oh my gosh, the performance from Alex Vincent, <laughs> oh tour de force. But it's like for a child actor. You could see watching from the first one to the second ones, like he got a lot he better, did. and in in this in the film, I mean, he really did perform as a, a a foe to Chucky. Like he was his, like okay, no, we can go toe to toe, and I can take him on. Right, and I like that he's in. He he comes back into the series as an adult. I think that's cool. Just I mean, because that is the same. That, that is the same actor, right? That, yeah, it's the same yeah, guy. Very cool. I love cool. that. And it makes this this franchise is pretty special, if you ask me, just because they keep convincing people to come back. You know what it reminds me of, now that I think about it? It's it's a low-budget Fast and Furious-like franchise. Yeah, it kind of is. Right? Because they just keep bringing back that's favorites. A fair, that's a fair. And they, yeah. they keep pumping up the, uh, the the stakes a little bit. And if, if it gets too ridiculous, like it kind of got with Seed of Chucky, They'll kind of do a soft reboot and bring it back down just a little bit. Yeah, like oh, let's bring it back a little bit. But then here comes Jennifer Tilly again at the end. <laughs> so yeah, you're like ah, throw her back like in Jennifer this. Tilly, Get her in the mix for sure. Um, so yeah, this movie made let's see, uh, twenty nine million dollars on a thirteen million dollar budget and thirty six worldwide. Uh, thanks a lot, rest of the world. Seven million. It was uh, number one at the box office for exactly one week before Home Alone took everybody's money the rest of the year, <laughs> the next week. Oh, yeah. Uh, but in, in late 1990, I was really coming into my own as a movie fan. I was really consuming movies at a, an, a, an incredible rate at this point. And this was for sure one of those movies on my radar because in 1988, when Child's Play came out, I was just at that age where I was really starting to get interested in horror movies um, and not be scared of them. You know, like I could watch them and enjoy them and not really be freaked out by them as much. A little bit, maybe a little bit, but not not quite as much. It was fun. I got it. I started getting it right around that time. And so, I, you know, I probably saw Child's Play in 1989-ish. 
And just to kind of show you like what the 80s were like, my mother, who would have a heart attack if, if I crossed the street, probably uh, would had no problems with me watching movies like Robocop and <laughs> Child's Play <laughs> and Pet Cemetery. <laughs> I mean, it's not like she ever walked in and watched me seeing it and she's like, hey, what you watching there, Slugger? And I'm like, uh, you know, Child's Play. It's about this killer doll. And and she just was like, cool, pulls up a seat next to me and we watch it together. Like that would never be. She would have flipped out, I'm sure. But uh, it's not like she was doing a whole lot to to really make sure I wasn't doing anything that I shouldn't be. Oh, like, hey, premium cable was awesome back in the day, guys. It just was the best. Wouldn't have got to see a lot of those things if it weren't for it. But I saw the trailers for Child's Play too, and you know, I, I really, I really enjoy that Universal logo. I, sometimes I just like to talk about, you know, I'll just slow down from the moment or the movie that we're talking about. Just talk about a moment in nostalgia that just gets you. And one of those was watching this movie again for the first time in a long time, seeing that universal 75th anniversary where they start out with all of the old fashioned universal, uh, title cards. Yeah. And then they do this like big sweeping whooshing universal from around the world. <laughs> and I, I remember seeing that in a theater for the first time and just being like, I'm in for something cool. You know, like this is awesome. <laughs> I know that oh, yeah. sounds corny, but it was so epic. And every time I saw it during that no, year, yeah, I just really yeah. felt like I was in for a special experience and they hadn't even started doing uh, the fast and the furious movies yet <laughs> or minions. What the hell happened to universal it used to be a fun little studio that would put out movies like child's play. And now, well, actually child's play was MGM, but several of these child's well, play it's, movies it's are universal of, picks. It's kind of funny like <clears throat> just uh, you know you're when you're going over the going over the dollars on it and i was th i was thinking about it and i i'm like okay this movie you know and even just thinking he's like oh then home alone came in i was like in thinking i mean like it makes me kind of curious how the marketing has really taken over in how that transition has taken place because i'm like why on earth would you release this movie on november mm -hmm. 9th like it's one of, like I know I mean I know it's the first one was, was released it, on November yeah, 9th. Why, why not? But it is. It's like you're past. You're kind of past the you know that that uh, that window where this movie would do well. Like you're past that Halloween time. It's like okay, by the time you get into early November, yeah, especially Home Alone's coming up the next week. It's like okay, people have moved on from scary movies. They're into it's the holiday season. Oh, so yeah. it's like if you want to release Child's Play, put that out. September 9th and let it, it, it kind of marinate for a while. Or, I mean, even October 9th, you at least get a few weeks. Yeah. I was like, I think that's just funny to me because I'm like, hearing those numbers, but I'm still like, still doing it to this you know, day. I know and it's, it's 1990. Like, you'll, you'll still see a lot of times a movie that you look at and go, oh, that would be perfect if it came out around Halloween time. Pe yeah. And people came out in droves to see the 2018 Halloween. Like, that movie made a boatload of cash. And there's been like the yeah. diminishing returns I mean, even, ever since, but I'm even Halloween. I mean, Halloween ends, I think over the weekend still, I want to say made like a hundred million dollars and it's like, it's streaming on oh, Peacock. Wow. You don't even have to go. Oh, to I had not it. heard that it was done a hundred million dollars. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll double check, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure it Nobody did. double check I mean, us. Still We're always well. right. Nobody double check that and tweet it at him. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. 
57 million dollars. Oh, okay, so I just I doubled just it, but it's like 50, still 57 hey, million. Even 57 million. 57 million dollars worldwide for the right. opening weekend of a movie you can stream on Peacock. I mean, that's like a that people are like eh, that's like it's an okay. origin story MCU movie almost. I mean, they're not going to make boatloads of money on the opening weekend, but they'll do well because. I do remember. I because uh, I distinctly remember looking it up because I, I when I saw the numbers, I think I saw them either on Saturday, or maybe it was <clears throat> early yesterday. Um, the production budget was only twenty million dollars, yeah. which means your P and A is probably another twenty million. So they're already making close to twenty million dollars off at an opening weekend. Yeah, that's that's a good business. So even for that's a movie good business that's like model. horror movies, always make money. I don't. Yeah, they and, do. And now they're being taken a lot more seriously. Like you have more like Blumhouse and A24, like they're definitely taking it more seriously than they used to. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, just if, Hey, if you're an investor looking to invest in a movie, make invest in a horror movie. They just, they're cheap and they make, they always make money back. And then you have those sales and video for just the end of time, basically. <laughs> like they're just always there. Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> but Oh, that's interesting. I, I can't believe that it made that much money. And everywhere you look online, people hate that movie. Not everybody, but uh, I was yep. surprised to, to well, learn I, that people didn't enjoy it as I did. Um, and they're probably the all the people that went and paid money are the ones bitching about it. So that makes sense. There's <laughs> there would be so many people griping about it. It's starting to add up now. Well, and I, it's it, I mean, like I know <clears throat> just from you know the circles that uh, on social media that I travel in that. There, I mean, there were they already had um, artwork out for the Steelbook. Mm. I, I, that might have even been out last week before the movie actually yeah. premiered. It's like the the physical release of it. People are already they were already getting geared up because <clears throat> I know that the first two are. I can't remember. I think the first two. I know the second one. I know Halloween Kills had a Steelbook, but I think uh, I think ha the first the twenty eighteen Halloween did as well. But it's like people are already. Like, even though there's, I mean, kind of, you know, meh yeah. kind of review, reviews on it, <clears throat> people are already, I mean, literally the weekend just ended. The the movie's making money despite, you know, what people are talking about. And uh, there there's excitement around the physical release of it. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you want to invest in something. It's like, here's a movie that people across the internet are panning as, you know, yeah. garbage. And they've already made profit right. on it. I mean, you're, you don't make these movies with the intention of winning any Oscars or anything, I wouldn't imagine. Um, no. Although you can, because Jordan Peele won a screenwriting award for Nope. So he did. You can do he it. Did. That's true. Um, so, but uh, getting back to audience reception, that kind of thing. Rotten Tomatoes for Child's Play 2. Back to Child's Play 2. Only 40%. Seems kind of low. The audience is only forty eight, which is really weird. So like the visual, like this, so they're kind of close. I expected the um, audience score for Rotten Tomatoes to be way higher. Um, I would have. Expected Metacritic that too. has thirty seven percent, but the user score is eight point two, which is actually what I would kind of expected on the audience score, like an eighty two percent kind of thing. Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Hey. Now that we're talking about an older movie, can you guess who we're going to talk about next? <laughs> Our good old pal, curmudgeon, uh, babe, pig no, in the city, loving wanna... Roger Ebert. Uh, how do you think he <sighs> liked this movie? I don't think he did. Let's see what he thought. 
maybe not. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Mark, mark this, just in case. Nope, that's not good. Oh, here we go. Nope. Screw it. Here. Okay, okay. Alright, let's see what Roger Ebert had to say. No. <laughs> so basically, I can't get the clip to play for some reason. Basically. Oh, no. Oh, I'm an idiot. Okay, keep all this in, by the way. Keep all this in. I want you to keep all of this in. <laughs> okay. I, I need like, you to right. keep all of this horrible editing uh, in. Okay, so let's, again, let's try and see what Roger Ebert had to say about Child's Play 2. It's truly horrifying. It's good filmmaking, but it made me feel unclean and disturbed as I was watching it, and I can only imagine what effect it might have on small children. As a film critic, I have to say this movie is well-made and effective, but as a human being, I wish I hadn't seen it. What good can come of having such foul and ugly images pumped into your mind? I think that... <laughs> so that's, that's Roger Ebert's review. He, he respects <sighs> it for its, its technical achievements... He does at least give it that. It's like the, the look. Hey, the film is really well, you know, a really well made piece of garbage, more or less. <laughs> a lot of people worked really hard on making a turn. <laughs> he really got in, up into his ivory tower yeah. on that one, didn't he? I mean, think about all of the horror movies that are artfully done that he probably like loved, and he never had a problem. Like we know he liked Halloween, right? Didn't he like Halloween, or is that one he didn't care for? Or did he not like it initially uh, and then come back around to it later? He probably Anyways, did. he, he does. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. I'm glad you did. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. But that that is kind of weird that he gave it props, but then went on to say, like, I don't know what type of human being, uh, not one I'd like to be hanging around, I'll tell you that much, would enjoy this movie, but if you're in one of those, if you're one of those people, then you'll, you're in luck, it's a good movie. <laughs> and uh, he went on to list the movie as one of his worst of 1990, alongside such great films as Ghost Dad, Wild Orchid, Robocop 2, and Another 48 Hours. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Who wants you, Roger Ebert? Uh, I'm sorry that you had cancer, but I'm glad you're gone. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I'm <laughs> See, I just would have liked that, that it better fantastic. if he would, went away without getting sick and dying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not saying oh. I'm glad he died. I'm just glad he's not around anymore. <laughs> Oh, what did he say is this is going to go viral and I'm going to uh, get canceled like immediately. <laughs> Popular uh, content creator Ron oh Avis says he's glad that Gene Sisk uh, or Roger Ebert died. <laughs> this, uh, this movie's starring uh, 
One thing I have a problem with this movie, and it could just be that the way things were back then, uh, but they've continued this throughout the series, so I don't know. As, maybe as an homage, but Brad Dourif is always one of the last people titled in the card, which is nuts to me. He, he needs yeah. to be front and center. You don't... I mean, did they do that with Robert England too, or would they just kind of come right out with Robert England? I, I'll have to... I'll have to check that out. That just seems weird to me. I I need to I need to look because I know that there are like if you get top billing, that's a yeah. that's a big thing. But like there's also the if you're listed as with you know, like when it, you're they're going through the cast and then you get to like yeah. with such and such. Um That's sort of an honor. And, and then that's, like that's if you're kind of like the movie give Yeah. Hey, there's like, a there's, cameo in this movie. <laughs> that's what the movie's saying. It's 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 one of those like you know it's like uh, you know also start like but like then at the end when you get the and yeah such and such you know I the those there's specific breaks in that okay. casting where it's like okay no I don't want top billing I want the and because like like we saved the best for last like there's some prestige to those different levels of how a name is presented in the opening cast. Um, with some kind of distinction like with or and so you know it's always a bit of, of a coup that they have them in the film so they they do they give them that honor yeah with the and with it's a good point but brad dorif plays charles lee ray the lakeshore strangler aka chucky and i just want to say i've never really reflected on how just much of a national treasure brad dorif is He's had a he's had a wild career and it's gone back a long time. And I I just know him for a few really specific things and I'll be honest, a couple of those characters that he is known for like on IMDb, they'll kind of do those films. I didn't even really realize it was him. He's just such a good character actor. He just sort of melts into the character that he's actually playing at the time. And a lot of times there are these sort of crazy sort of weaselly frightening type people. But he was in uh, One Flew of the or yeah One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest with Jack Nicholson. Yeah, One Flew of the Cuckoo. Yep, that was in '75. I want to pause there. I'm going to put a pin in this and just talk about did Jack Nicholson copy Brad Dourif's Chucky from '88 to be the Joker in '89? Because <laughs> uh, he has sort of a Jack sound. He always kind of has, <clears throat> and even in the poster of Child's Play Two, it says "Sorry, Jack, Chucky's back." So they're they're absolutely acknowledging that he sounds a lot like Jack Nicholson at the time, one of the greatest, most recognizable actors and voices ever. Do, do you know? Do you see what I'm saying? Like it. it it's, oh yeah, yeah. I'm that's... not saying Jack. He because he is Jack's always been Jack. I'm not gonna say like he should credit Brad Dourif, but they're really similar. That's all I'm saying. Just really similar, Chucky and Jack Nicholson's Joker in, in '89. Love them both. It's, there's a reason why I love the, these Child's Play movies so much, and the in the Brad Dourif voice and the crazy laugh. It just reminds me, maybe, of the Joker. Batman '89 is one of my top five favorite movies of all time, so I got to give that up. Um, but he was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He was in Dune. He he was in a couple of uh, David Lynch movies, actually. Uh, Blue Velvet. He was in Mississippi Burning. I remember that character. He he played like the racist like police officer who's in the Ku Klux Klan. 
that Gene Hackman yeah. movie from the uh, late eighties. Uh, he played the Gemini Killer in Exorcist Three, uh, just in a whole bunch of TV throughout the nineties. Made his way into uh, Alien Resurrection. He was one of the xenomorph biologists. He was Worm Tongue yep. in the Lord of the Rings, which was really kind of cool to see. Well, here's this guy who's just been in a ton of not great stuff, a whole bunch of good stuff, and some actually really amazing stuff. And uh, it's just to see him in all three of the Lord of the Rings movies. He, he was warm tongue. He was like, I know you're not a Lord of the Rings guy, but he, he was like the one, the, the real sickly looking guy who was trying to influence the king. And he was also sickly looking. He was, he was kind of, he was like a wizard or something. I don't know what he was, like a witch. Anyway, he was, so he was in that. Uh, he was in the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. The, the role that I want to yep. associate him most with, most with, beside Child's Play, of course, is uh, Deadwood. He, he played Doc on Deadwood, and I loved him in, in Deadwood. I mean, the whole series is amazing. I could watch it a hundred times. It's just so good. It is the definitive Western anything for me. And he, he's in that whole thing, so as well as the Deadwood movie. What do you, um, what is your sort of thought take on Brad Dourif? Oh, he was in this really excellent uh, episode I mean, of the X-Files too, where he played this kind of, uh, guy who could see like things happening, I think in the future, but he, he has, I remember him from that episode of the X-Files too. I think I vaguely remember that episode. Yeah. Uh, Cause he, I've, I've always, I mean, he's, it's seeing, I mean, especially because of playing Chucky, I feel like he's always kind of stayed close to horror movies or just characters that are hor a little bit horrific just in their nature. Um, yeah, he was the <clears> weird and I think, eyebrows I mean, just, guy in Dune who's like, I set my mind in motion. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he, yeah, he's. He's never going to be playing like the clean cut guy that's like, all right, let's everybody chip in and do right. good. He's like, yeah, he's going to be the sketchy guy who's stealing things from somebody or, you know, he's like, oh, this guy, I don't know. I if don't know why more people guy. didn't cast like, him as a romantic lead in the 80s. Yeah, I was like, why isn't he opposite oh, Meg yeah. Ryan? And, if Tom anything, Hanks can do seems it. seems odd. I mean, Tom, Dix, Tom Hanks was yeah, making a like, movie hey, with a goddamn guy. dog around that time, so... Yeah, it's like, come on, let's get Brad mm -hmm. Dourif in there. He looks great in a barbershop quartet. <laughs> any way you want to, any way you want to take the Brad Dourif, it always goes down smooth. Yeah, and entertaining. But it, I, that's, I think, I mean, like, I think that is one of the things that lends itself um, to the Child's Play series, the Chucky series as a whole, being as enjoyable as it is, is that voice never changed. You, there's that, there, there is that consistency, um, that allows all the movies to really be that same kind of fun. And, you know, the, the first, I mean, you know, you have the first couple of movies, cause I would even say by the time they got to child's play three, they were toying around more like they were, they were sort of starting to gear him like a Freddy mm -hmm. Krueger. Whereas like he's scary and right. foreboding, but he also likes to crack jokes and, you know, he's he's got some fun one-liners and puns and things like that. So it, making that transition in the late 90s into um, The Bride of Chucky, it, it especially for the time that it was like, okay, 
<clears throat> you get the late 90s like okay let's what can what can we you know we're not in full nostalgia yet like oh let's pay you know let's pay respect to some of these older things but it was almost like bride of chucky felt like one of those that almost kind of paved the way for like a freddy versus jason mm-hmm. where it's like all right let's make something that's horror it's a horror movie but it's it's got an edge to it and it's funny but it's also still gory <clears throat> and I mean, so, I give them credit. It's it's a fun way to Jennifer take Tilly sort of mix. that style of horror making that was popular at the time. The I know what you did last summer, yeah, and the whatever. Exactly. Sort of, you know, it, it, there, there's the meta stuff. There's it's there's dripping with irony and sarcasm and all this stuff. It and it plays into those things. It, it's a very '90s film, big time, big time. Oh yeah, maybe one of the most '90s looking horror, like the soundtrack and everything. <laughs> uh, oh, absolutely! The soundtrack absolutely. for Pride of Chucky is great. It is no kidding, amazing. I love it. You get like all of Living Dead Girl <laughs> throughout the credits. They don't even catch, yeah. They don't even pull it up. You get the whole thing, including the bridge. Awesome. Love Jennifer Tilly too. <laughs> so yeah, I mean Brad Brad Dourif. I mean, you know, he's, uh, it's, it's funny cause, because one of his biggest credits is the voice yeah. of Chucky. You, you would, you would think that he would be, um, less recognizable in certain roles, but it like, I, I mean, when the, I mean, the, one of the ones that first pops in my head is his role in the alien resurrection. And that was, I mean, it was a bit role in a, yeah crappy movie it's like it, like he's still i mean and it wasn't recognizable because like oh that's clearly yeah. brad Dourif. like physically he still can kind of morph to a he lot of different, different roles in almost everything so it's not it's like he's cool got, i give yeah he doesn't have like a a look to him but it's like he's i, I there that's something about him that i, I just like is he still is recognized like yeah. oh that's brad Dourif. like if you know who he is and you're paying attention like he's kind of like a, it's like a where's Waldo kind of thing. Like where is he? Where's I know he's in this. Brett, oh, Brett there he is. To me, I feel like so, he's sort of like a Kevin Smith type. I hate to always make things about Kevin Smith, but I love the guy. In that he really understands what his fans want, and he loves his fans, and he yeah. shows up at these conventions, and he's really funny and uh, indulges fans with requests to do the Chucky voice. Like he really seems to enjoy, and I know they make good money doing that. But he's still a working actor. He didn't have to do those things. Like a lot of these actors from these '80s horror oh, films yeah. are making their their living doing these conventions, selling photos and taking photos and whatever. He doesn't need to do that. I don't. I wouldn't imagine. He's in a lot of stuff. Like he's still a working actor. So that that has to be. Once you, like a Margot Robbie, like once you start taking ownership of the thing, which is why I'd be curious to find out what his thoughts were on the reboot that came out a couple of years ago. Was he asked to be uh, Chucky or did they decide early right away? Like we wanted, we want to reboot child's play. No Brad Dourif. Uh, have you by any chance done any kind of looking into that? Or do you recall him? I, cause it's like the Jack Nicholson well, I mean, thing. One like of he the had things, the whole thing with Heath Ledger, apparently he's, he, 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 yeah. He had already claimed that character for himself. He felt so he didn't. He he felt like no, oh, yeah. I, I don't like that you're trying to steal my thunder, erase my legacy. 
And Brad Dourif's legacy is kind of Chucky. I mean, for all I say that he's a working actor and he, yeah. he does get to play in a lot of roles. Um, but he is most famous for that. And he's the, this is the reason everybody knows who he is, I think. Most people. But I, I just really dig Brad Dourif. I, he he just seems like a genuinely pretty cool, very laid back. You know, I, it always cracks me up when you have these guys who make a living just psychotically screaming. And they're just so soft-spoken and yeah. kind of, you know, uh, demure. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. He he kind of fits that. And who knows what he's like when he's not at these things. But anyways, uh, Brad Dourif is... To me, I, I wanted to give him top building on our show. I felt he yeah. deserves it. But if he, if he reaches out to us and he wants us to like, edit that and put him third or fourth, we could do that. We could do that for you, Brad. <clears throat> yeah, we're, Just reach we out can to change me. dub. Uh, Alex Vincent plays Andy. Uh, we did talk about him, and he's, uh, by the second film, a bit, a bit more capable actor. Uh, Christine yeah. Elise is Kyle. Might know her from Beverly Hills 90210, yep. but, I mean, she also had a pretty good stint on ER. 21 Jump Street, Baywatch. I mean, she was in a lot of the big things of the 90s. And she was even head, on Head of the Class. She had a little bit of a, a bit role on Head of the Class. Kind of played. I think she was like the girl yeah. who kind of gets around and went on a date with Arvid because he's a good guy. He, he went, she went to the school, but she wasn't in the classroom with all the other AV people. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But I wanted to take a moment here to kind of go off uh, topic a little bit. This, this is my show. I, I'm driving. <laughs> I want to talk about 1990 and like Ron's sort of awakening (laughs) of these types of (laughs) Ron's awakening. I wish I had like some kind of harping music to play (laughs) sort of Ron's awakenings. Around this time, I was really developing a type of girl. And I know this is gross to a lot of people, but I'm just, I'm going to talk about it for a second. (laughs) Ron was blossoming. I was just sort of attracted to these fake blonde type actresses that you would see. Even if the actress was blonde, but they, you know, they they would just go more platinum even. And I I, I compiled a a top 10 list of Ron's favorite fake (laughs) blondes of the late 80s and early 90s. And I'd like to share those with you now, if you don't mind. This is a treat. Okay, hang on. <clears throat> I feel like I need I need like a drum roll sound effect. Hang on. I wonder if I can get one. Drum roll. This is this is quality uh, show right here. It's a quality show. This is right here, kids. Just one just day seamless production. This, <laughs> this okay. level of greatness. Yeah, Ron's top ten. Uh, number ten, Vanna White, Wheel of Fortune. Number nine, Marky Post, Night Court. Number seven, Elizabeth Shue from Adventures in Babysitting, Karate Kid. Six, Sharon Stone, Basic Instinct and Total Recall. Top five, Alicia Silverstone, Clueless. Number four, Jenny McCarthy from Singled Out. Number three, if I'm telling the truth, Madonna. You know, all those music videos of hers were kind of like your first sort of erotic material. Two, Kelly Bundy, oh, yeah. the great Christina Applegate from Married with Children. And number one, Vicki Vale from Kim, uh, Batman 89. That's, of course, Kim Basinger. 
So I don't have the Basinger. That's my top 10 of, of uh, early awakening girls. <laughs> This Ron's has been Awakening. Also, honorable, honorable mention to Christy Brinkley, <clears throat> Michelle Pfeiffer, and Kyle from Child's Play 2, because she's very in that <laughs> mold. And I liked her in this movie. I thought she was yes. a very capable... I mean, you know, she was in a lot of great things. I just mentioned her. Her resume speaks for itself. I think she's in the show, right? The Chucky show? Doesn't she make an appearance? I yes. thought I saw yep, her name pop show. up on there. That's cool. I'm really... I, I, I'm going to have to watch that, especially after watching all these movies. And then talking about it, if I, I'll just say, if I don't watch the series now, I'll never watch it because my interest is at all time peak at the moment. So she's um, she's in it. <laughs> uh, Garrett Graham plays Phil, the one of two uh, foster parents for Andy and Kyle. He's a very recognizable guy, although not terribly famous, and certainly not name. Uh, like household name type famous. I definitely remembered him from used cars that Robert Zemeckis comedy with Kurt Russell, early eighties. That might be like his most famous or maybe, I don't know, dare I say best role. Uh, He, he was just in a tons of TV, like Starsky and Hutch, a team Dukes of hazard saying elsewhere, Miami vice, my two dads, the wonder years just go on and on and on and on. Yeah, he's the kind of guy you're like, I, oh. I know I've seen this well, guy before, but I don't know eyes, where. Well, he's got sort of eyes, like they're, they're bugged out a little bit or something. I, I don't know. He's got a very distinct yeah. look to him. He was also in, think like Randy Quaid almost, kind of. <laughs> he was in Chopping Mall, yeah. which is cool. This is like the second show in a row where one of the actors was actually in Chopping Mall. Somebody yeah. was in Chopping Mall. We We may have to... Really, I think I think the universe <laughs> is telling us you guys should really do a chopping mall. Oh my god, episode dude, I want to do chopping mall. Golly, there's another whole episode that we'd made plans to do last year that I did all this research for, and it's so similar to chop, chopping mall. Even has a one of it's, it's basically, basically the same movie. movie. Just with a slight. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to give that away because we're still going to do that movie someday. I know. <laughs> Eventually. Eventually. When we we'll get like there, it. folks. And the worst thing we'll is we there. probably announced it and they just never did it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we did. I'm sure we probably announced uh, it more than once. I'm announcing <laughs> I'm announcing a chopping mall episode now. I don't know when we're gonna do it, but we're going to do it, kids. So stay tuned for In the, the movie chopping business, mall. Episode. That's called a teaser, folks. He was also yeah. in Police Academy Six. I kind of do remember him from that. Um, one role that he was in that I really enjoyed, did not know it was him, was he played Franklin Sherman, Jay Sherman's father from that show, The Critic, the animated show Critic. Oh. He, he played his, like, the real kind of yuppie, nice. wealthy father. He, he was that character. But he doesn't seem to do anything nice. anymore. I, he, I think he must have retired from acting because his credits just sort of stopped around 2012. And he, he didn't. Well, I mean, after you've done <laughs> Police Academy 6, where do you go from there? Oh, also, I, I didn't bother to look all too much into this, but he did do a voice in The Little Mermaid. He's credited for a voice, but it doesn't say which character. So I found that really interesting of, of, of an actor of his name and stature. Not as huge as, say, a Tom Cruise or somebody, but definitely in things. Could it at least get a credited voice? 
or you know some sort of what yeah like, like did he uh, was he, he a seagull he hung or around the studio <laughs> we had him voice some things i can't be bothered to remember everything he did here hey hey uh, hey buddy could you make some mm-hmm. fish noises we'll toss them in the movie one we'll day it it'll credit. be a credit on a website so jenny a gutter i'm not sure how to pronounce her name but she it's yeah it's she a weird plays last joanne and she so she's 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 british and i enjoy her uh she was in the movie logan's run from the 70s so she was like the lead uh well you know she was like second billing in that movie so like that that you know and i've i've looked at and i've seen logan's run it's definitely been a minute but yeah i was like yeah that's her i remember her in the movie imdb wasn't lying she was in it but she was also she was definitely (laughs) in that movie an american werewolf in london she was in that uh she was a nurse oh yeah but most interestingly she is in the mcu she's canon in the mcu She's in the Avengers and Captain America Winter Soldier. And I think she's like a, some sort of dignitary or something, like a, like a public official type. That's kind of cool. Uh, a couple more names to mention. It's a good, it's a good cast. It, it's a real good character actor cast, I will say. Grace uh, Zubrisky, I think, plays Grace. <laughs> Is her, was really her name oh, Grace? Yeah. Did I, was that a typo on my part? She plays like the um, the lady, the curly haired lady who worked for the uh, child placement. She runs the, uh, the yeah the group home, and she too is a David Lyncher. She she's in Twin Peaks. Um, I I probably know her best from Seinfeld. Yeah, that Seinfeld. that's Susan's uh, G- George's former fiance, uh, Susan's mother. Who gets to have some yes. pretty funny, funny scenes with George? <laughs> they're all put off. Like they're forcing him to run this foundation for this woman that he didn't love, hated, and actually killed. <laughs> and to punish him, they want. <laughs> if she was still alive, all that money would be yes. all that would be yours, George. It's a really diabolical okay. kind of yep, punish him. Sure. But uh, she was um, she was also in Ghana yeah. sixty seconds. She played Nick Cage's mom. So, you know, she's, she's definitely recognizable. She, she was in the Ray Donovan series. Um, the last person I'm going to mention is Greg Garman. German played Matson, the weaselly, pencil-necked kind of assistant to the president or CEO of the company. And I instantly recognized him from Talladega Nights. He was the, uh, the son of oh, the yeah. spawn. He's the <laughs> He's same the guy. Same guy. He, he, and he, he He's I think most people everybody. recognize him from Ally McBeal, though. He he was definitely one of the featured cast members from Ally McBeal on that show. Not not a ton of things. I, I actually expected his resume to be bigger. Seems like he's in a lot of things. He he was a voice in Bolt from D- the Disney Bolt. He was a little uh, schmarmy, sh- similar type guy, assistant guy. <laughs> but he was an agent. He was an agent. And he's, he's done TV. He's done a bunch of TV, too. So, anyways, that that's the cast that uh, mostly... Did, did I leave anyone out that you would like to uh, mention there? Um, well, just, you know, uh, Beth Grant, mm. oh, the teacher. Oh, good call, good call. She's... Yeah, she... 
just you know just because her. like one you of the things that I, did, I read her. about hers. <laughs> oh yeah, you've seen Beth Grant. Um, uh, and if you don't know her just from either the movie or the name, when you look yeah. up Beth Grant, you're like, oh, oh she looks, her. She has yep, always yeah. looked that way, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, and it's uh, because it was funny when I was watching her in the, in, in Child's Play 2, I kept thinking of oh, Dwight's the, the dinner party Dwight's nurse. Yeah. the Or the nanny. The, the yeah, he, it was Dwight's plus one to the dinner she party. Had that. She she was in a couple of episodes. Yes. Yeah, he was. They they were they were sexual yeah. partners basically. <laughs> and, and she was his and nanny. He was, she was his nanny, which she, so uh, she's she's really good. I, I like. But I because what you when I was reading just the ba the basic trivia, she was and she was approached with that role. She was unsure whether or not she wanted to take it. And I forget the actress's name now, but the the woman who was in the first one, the she was the first death. Yeah. She gets pushed out the window by Chucky. Um, she's friends with Beth Grant, and um, she didn't realize that that actress had been in the first Child's Play movie. And she called her. She's like, "Hey, I have this opportunity to be in Child's Play, but I'm not sure I want to be in that series." She's like, "Well, if you saw the first <laughs> one, you'd know I'm in it." Well, so she's like, "Oh, okay." That was. I mean, I guess these actor friends don't watch role. every single thing they're in. But you're kind of a piece of shit. If you yeah. Don't. I mean, come on. <laughs> she thought she was a yeah. good enough friend to get, like, she was going to allow you to influence her career. <laughs> like, what do you think I should be in a child's play? What's movie? wrong like, with child's well, play? I was, I was in a child's in play movie. One. Why? What's that? What's wrong with I child's wish. play? Oh, nothing. I'll, I'm going to. Yeah. I was calling you to say oh, I'm going to be yeah. in one. That's all. We're it's just we're too bad your character had to die or you could be in child's play too. <laughs> yeah. Also that CEO guy, I don't have the name of the actor, but he he's he seems very familiar. I, I think he must have just be a TV guy. If you look at a lot of his credits, it's like mostly TV stuff. I think well, I think because I think they brought him yeah, back they did. in the third one. Because I think he, they have the same guy, yeah, Sullivan or something he, like that. He kind of reminds me of the UHF station guy from like UHF. <laughs> he's got that. Yeah. He's got the silver hair, the powerful man, very grumpy and serious. Yes. Um. So, for those for those of you who are living under a rock and don't even really understand what Child's Play is, it's very simple, really. It's like, what if your toy came to life and tried to kill you, and your name is Andy. And I start going, huh, why does this seem familiar? <laughs> oh, my God. Is this fucking Toy Story? <laughs> one, one of the things that I really enjoyed, and it was just like this really casual kind of one-off thing, and I don't know if you caught it or not. Uh, it was in, uh, I think it was in Curse of Chucky. Yeah, it was either in Curse or Cult of Chucky, but it was when he, he as an adult was out on a date. Um and the they were in this restaurant and the the yeah. was like, Oh, you yeah. Googled me, didn't you? She's like, Yeah. And she, so he was he was like, Yeah, when I was a kid this happened, you know, and he killed my you know, he killed my babies like whatever he listed like a couple things and then he goes, and then like thirty seven other people. Right. And I was like, okay, wait, wait, like, so, like, I know that, like, like, in mapping my way through the first few movies, like, okay, there's 
these people, this guy, this. Okay, there's a number of people, but it's like, and then like 37, like, okay, so there's clearly parts of the story that weren't told between, yeah. that are just to kind of implied in between Child's Play 3 and Bride of Chucky. And it's just like, okay, how long was he just, I'm going to get this oh Andy kid one way or another. And he's just killing people I like when way. he sees him, he's like, as I live and breathe, Andy. <laughs> yeah. So oh. I just had to point that out that, that, and I'm sure that was obvious. That's obvious to everybody, but for someone, I mean, I haven't thought a whole lot about child's play in many years that really did kind of sweep over me like whoosh. Oh, wow. So yeah, Don Mancini, who is the creator of Chucky and he's kind of been with it all along got, I think he was, yeah. from what I understand, he was influenced or uh, inspired to make something horrific about uh, dolls in particular, like the Cabbage Patch doll craze and how violently parents would like to what ends they would go to, to, to secure one of these Cabbage Patch dolls. Right. To get so the doll. Just the, just the doll is inherently not evil, but it's, it's, it's uh, causing evil behavior, I guess is what I'm clumsily trying to say. And uh, also, he was he really enjoyed the Garbage Pail Kids stuff, as did I. Loved, I guess he just really kind of was fond of that look. And let's not forget the My Buddy toys that were really popular uh, yes. prior to this movie coming. Up until these Up movies. Up until yeah. these movies came out. And then there's... And then their like sales they were, were everywhere destroyed. until around the late '80s, and then they just stopped being popular. Yep. I don't know why. <laughs> kid My buddy sister, and kid yeah. sister, just just iconic toys of the '80s. And I'd like to think that Child's Play didn't kill their business, but maybe it did. I think the whole creepy face doll business sort of but it hundred percent did anyway. So that's kind of the that's sort of the deal, you know, like it, it's. It's uh, Charles Lee Ray, who is a serial killer. He's the Lakeshore Strangler. Uh, is gunned down by a cop in a toy store, and on his on his last dying breath, basically invokes voodoo. Voodoo, which by the way was a real big thing in the eighties and horror. I feel like there was a lot of voodoo scares and, of course, satanic panic. You don't see a lot of that nowadays. Yeah. When Ron Burgundy says voodoo in Anchorman 2, it feels antiquated somehow. Like, no one ever talks about yes. voodoo anymore. And I'm glad that he brought it back, because maybe there should be more things about voodoo. Not sure. But I wanted to make that... Uh, I just wanted to point that out. I watched The Serpent in the Rainbow for the first time. It's the season. It's Halloween season. Of course, I'm watching scary movies all the time. And I'm also trying to catch movies that I never got around to seeing that I know are supposed to be really good or classics. Uh, so, you know, I'm watching movies like Prom Night and uh, just all these like movies from the 80s that were probably just not appropriate for me at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slumber I was absolutely aware of them in the time. But now, I, now I'm going to go back and watch some of them. And some of them are pretty good, but the the Serpent of the Rainbow, which was a that's actually a uh, John Carpenter movie, I think. It, it's it's pretty good. It's got uh, Bill Pullman. Him. It's got Lone Star. It's basically right after Spaceballs. He's in this thing, nice. and he plays a guy who's in the pharmaceutical business. He goes to Haiti, where he learns uh, there there's some powder that uh, zombifies people, 
that's the legend anyway. Yeah. And well, there you go. he is trying to take that descriptor a description of the, you know, Haitians like, oh, well, they say it's making them zombies, but what is it really doing to people? And, it, it, you know, he, he wants to basically turn it into like an anesthetic. Like, can we operate on people? We'll give them this uh, drug and they're they're like basically dead. Do what we need to do. And then it, they, they're, they come back. They're, they're fine. Their vitals all come back. So it's an interesting movie, but voodoo is at the core of the whole thing. Um, that's uh, the skeleton key. Mm, is another yeah, good yeah, one, with another uh, good what's voodoo. her name, uh, Kate Bing. Hudson. That's a, it, that was a surprise. Kate Hudson, and that, I think that's that's something you could stream for yeah, free I, right I, now too on a couple of the streaming services. So that that's kind yeah. of the thing, you know. He 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 takes the the form of uh, one of these good guy dolls, which is what they call their they're my buddies. They're called good guy dolls. By the way, those commercials that you see in the first couple where they have, they, they kind of mock up the show version of good guys. And they got that dude dressed up yeah. in the good, the you know, the big good guy, like Chuck E. Cheese type costume. It's horrifying, dude. <laughs> I yeah. Don't know. The, the oh imagery, my gosh, yeah. So the imagery of that costume is horrifying. And even the creepiness of the little redheaded boy who's sort of play times toys whatever they're called it's kind of like their mascot it's very yeah. children of the corns ash like i'm getting a mordecai vibe from that oh, little yes. boy <laughs> but yeah. it's intentional it's got to be intentional it's like make draw a little kid but give him like give him like evil eyebrows or something make it subtle that people can't quite put their finger on it make it an evil nose i don't know what they did but they really accomplished that so he 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 does the voodoo, the he does the like ah dandruam dumbella, which is you you get to memorize that <laughs> after a few movies. Oh my god! Because he says it so many times. If you watch all seven, <laughs> probably you'd be like, I could, I could probably, probably do voodoo now. This curse, if if I really wanted to take the form of my storm shadow toy, I could probably do that. By the seventh movie, I'm genuinely surprised that Dambala is still even answering that phone call. Like, seriously, dude, this is like a like a okay one time yeah, right. deal. Not like call me every time Just you need into his anything. Beams. Okay, give me the power, I beg of you. I love how he delivers that line. So good. So that's the thing, and then of course the the toy is um, comes alive and is given to the kid who's desperately wants a terrible man doll. I mean, a, a, a Chucky toy, <laughs> similar, similar thing. And, uh, <laughs> I've got to get the trouble, man, for Jamie <gasps> cookies. Should we do jingle all the way someday? That seems like a movie that we should do sometime. We should do a jingle all the way <laughs> slash chopping mall. Two parts. That's quite a double feature. It's quite a different episodes video. we should do. Arnold just Schwarzenegger because. could have been in Chopping Mall. He would have been amazing. All right, so mm. I wanted to give the Chopping Mall kind of the the parts you need to know from from the original movie because we are kind of jumping into the sequel. So yeah, um, here's there. There's it's a ridiculous movie. I love how like late '80s, early '90s this movie is. It's really refreshing compared to these art house horror movies that I'm kind of used to getting now, which don't get me wrong. I love it's yeah. cool to be able to go into a horror movie, knowing that you're kind of getting something 
you're there's there's like subtext and things you know like it's not it's not just a the 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 shape chasing you around in the woods with a machete there's there's some sort of twilight zone-esque kind of quality to the horror now that i i really like but you do start to feel really nostalgic for those movies that came out around that time period and how just just balls out ridiculously bonkers they are you know just what is going on in these movies there's a scene opening up where they, they, as we talked about, they're restoring the Chucky doll, and they they made this piece of machinery. How do I describe this thing? It's like a, it's like well, it's it's like an eye installing piece of equipment. It's got the Chucky eyes, but for whatever reason, they they made it. it's a mechanical nightmare. Right? It was made to just horrifically kill somebody. That's really all its purpose is. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is definitely going to kill somebody else <laughs> at some point in the movie. And they kind of, they're definitely going to bring that this machine, one back. that death apparatus, has almost as many kills as Chucky does, literally. I mean, he. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I know it's an industrial plant. So it's like, okay. It's not like, you know, you were just like, oh, most industrial plants are far more, you know, user friendly. It's like, no, you go to any industrial plant across the country, it's like, there's a hundred machines that could easily just destroy, you know, like, oh, that's that Michael Keaton off, movie Gung Ho from the 80s it. where that one but guy like, gets his hand caught in the conveyor belt. Scarred me, dude. Just scarred the shit. Yeah. Well, I, and I love I love how they, like, they made it look like <laughs> Santa's workshop, except everything in yeah, it can and, murder and they you. they got those guys. There's just like a whole team of technicians in this room restoring the original like why why yeah. would you go to the trouble of doing that it just really doesn't make sense i understand you wanting to get the doll but did you have to yeah. restore it perfectly like who is that even for <laughs> just burn it whatever i i'd like to know more of what the the ceo guy's plan was to bring this back does he even mention it i watched it a couple times and like each time i'm distracted by that mechanical arm thing like i can't even take my eye off of it because i i feel as it's yeah. somehow gonna poke my eye out through the tv screen <laughs> so yeah so like to describe the thing more it's definitely part of an assembly line like a toy assembly line the mechanical part but the guy says like we've never made one of these manually before so they took one of those out of the I guess they took one of those pieces, the eyeball things out of off its line and just bring it into the Santa's workshop room. And, you know, instead of in it, they kind of tease like, oh, somebody's getting their eyeballs gouged out by that thing. That's the only reason that exists. It, but it electrocutes the guy. Yeah, the it electrocutes the engineer and just like I've noticed that child's play likes to play with kind of slow motion deaths. Have you noticed that? Anytime like somebody gets like blown through a window or shot oh, yeah. with a gun, there's a slow-mo element to it. And that guy gets blown through yeah. that glass like he's a crash test dummy. Like it didn't even look real. Oh yeah. I didn't realize just electricity no, from a toy making machine it. had that sort of voltage going through it. Just like shoots him right through doesn't seem like it really should but seems the like CEO it's really, guy, it, it seems doesn't odd. even phase him like it's like i they're don't know still how putting this the dude on the like he's still warm and they're rolling him out and he and you know ellie mcbeal weasel neck pencil neck guy they're kind of talking 
and he's like, what do you want me to do with this doll? And he gives this great 80s line. Stick it up your ass. What do I care? Like, he's like, why would you say that to him? He's your, yeah. he's your employee. Why would you say that? He's just wants to know what you gonna, what do you want me to do with this doll? It's a good question. Why did you have me put this together? What do you want me to do with it now? And he says, stick it up your ass. <laughs> well, and it's, it's one of like, it's funny to me. It just it, in instances like this, cause like, it, it uh, I don't know why like it immediately made me think of Jurassic Park in the fact that like the corporate logistics of how Jurassic Park was a story at all was okay we've made an island with dinosaurs and one of just the the worker guys gets attacked by mm -hmm. and eaten by a velociraptor and so the whole necessity for the visit to Jurassic Park is because of the lawyers and the insurance and all of the corporate stuff that goes into it. And so it's funny to me, like in one in instance you have like, okay, the whole reason that this movie exists is because, you know, Oh, this fa the family of this one worker is going to sue us or, you know, it's going to cost us so much. And here it is. Like you've just watched this guy be violently electrocuted and no one even is like, yeah, I just keep making <laughs> he, dolls. He knew the like, danger. This, there's no consequence. <laughs> it's like he knew what he was getting into when he stepped into that room. He knew he could be violently oh, yeah. electrocuted by a machine. Of I did it last did, time. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I kind of feel like maybe we should take a step back and reevaluate what we're doing here because I feel like whatever we we could make off of these we're going to lose in the court proceedings for the wrongful death suit for the guy that was just violently electrocuted and thrown through a plate. Yeah, glass window. One, one of the, uh, the hammer, that guy, I, I don't know how regional that dude is, but you know, what I'm talking about, uh, what's his, what's his whole name? Oh, yeah. I just know him as the hammer. Cause he spends a boatload of money on real cheesy special effects um, to make himself look like Thor. But he's like one of those ambulance chaser guys. <laughs> he's one of those like get yeah. sue distracted drivers. Oh yeah, I mean, kind of sleazy types. Yeah, because uh, this is one of those like it's not even like hey were you hit in a car? <laughs> hey, were you violently electrocuted by a piece of machinery at yeah. the toy factory you work at? Well, call me and we'll sue the pants off. Of him. <laughs> and that's like those pants fly off. Like oh they no, just shoot what? Off. my pants went flying. <laughs> Yeah, like, whoa, my pants, where'd they go? We sued them That's off. Brilliant. That's brilliant. You should have been a director of those commercials. I should I should it's direct like the brother local from your lawyer commercials. Like, you know what the 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 peak art form of the medium is yeah. is it's commercials. <laughs> yeah, commercials are great. People hey, people want to like badmouth no commercials, one loves commercials. But it's sort of the biggest deal of the Super Bowl, so who's full of shit now? I want everyone to look in the mirror and take a damn minute to just say commercials are great. I, I look forward to them. I miss them. And I, I wish they would be more of a thing. You used to actually, you used to actually have to wait and watch the actual Super yeah. Bowl to see those ads. Oh yeah. And now they they're like, Hey, like you want to see these Super Bowl so ads? You see like, them during the Super Bowl. It's like, who gives a shit? I've seen this hundred this times This isn't already. the Super Bowl. This is internet like, old, man. I don't want this anymore. Like no no we're gonna 
We paid $7 million to show this commercial I'm about to show you during the Super Bowl. It's like, exactly. well, if I've already seen it, why would I watch the Super Bowl? It's like, that is a surprisingly a good question. I don't know <laughs> why we're showing it to you now. We should have made you wait. This feels right. like the wrong thing. I don't thing. understand it. Anyways, I'm old. You're but old. Nope. Let's just let's move on. Uh, all right. So where were we? We're talking about the the reintroduction of Chucky. And, we, you know, we've already talked about, like, I want to talk about these foster parents for a minute. It feels like a real, I don't know, like, what is it about these foster parents that just really feels definitively 80s? Besides their appearance, you know, like, the... Yeah, I was going to say the the appearance, uh, their clothes, yeah. and just how they conduct themselves. That, is that's true, but but just the whole notion of late, 80s. you know, for entertainment's sake, orphanages and and uh, yeah, foster parenting, uh, <laughs> like having been an actual foster uh, parent and know like what goes into it, and like all the stuff, you know, the hoops you got to jump through is like they make like picking a kid up feel like like. Uh, hey, do you want to go down to the 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 orphanage? Go down to the kid mart and, and get a go kid. Go down to the kid mart and we got. Like, I got uh, these coupons that are about to expire. Because, because yeah, I mean it's one of those things. With like, yeah, there's a little. I mean, it was like you know, even you know, not to just jump, but it was like even later, it was like when she's like, "All right, Andy, now do you come? We'll go back to what? the group home and we'll find you another." You place. can't return like, him like he's merchandise. Like, like, what are you talking about? No, this is not how this works. Like ah, it'll be it'll be, be all right. Fair, it's like okay, Joanne what? this is believed no, that no. he was behind his death. So her beloved husband kind of understand, kind of yes. understand. But it, oh, like she she's, she was just so calm about it. I was just like, uh, I have been I have been in a, a number of situations where kids have either like I've given foster kids back to the state. Or and knowing they're going back to yeah. birth parents, where it's a good or a bad situation, um, and it's one of those where I'm like, uh, yeah, it uh, <laughs> it doesn't look like this at Are all. Are you telling me they ever. didn't do their research? And, but it was like that was this the is thing. Like in the like, movie's idea of what it is to be a like in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those things. Like in the eighties and nineties. It was oh, just well, like, Big Daddy, like the, yeah, the revolting um, blob is just like, hey, dude, how's it going with that kid that we just released to you? We, you know, like they just. No. Yeah, it's like, we didn't they really just, do like, our due diligence. Like, we just gave back, you a please. child because. <laughs> it's like, oh, see, here's the thing. We made a mistake. It's not like that at all. You're not Adam is what you're telling dad, me. Dad. I refuse to believe that. Refuse. It was like. But the the whole, you know, hey, you came from an yeah. orphanage or a foster parents or foster situation or all of that was just, it was very much uh, okay, a gimmick that they I think really liked to it. employ. It feels like a very 80s, know, 90s type 80s gimmick and 90s. thing. And, and, and it, it didn't feel realistic then. Yeah. And now it's confirmed bullshit. But anyways, those actors are pretty good. I, I like that they're genuinely seem to be good people i mean you, i think you have to be a pretty good person to want to foster children um right you have to be now apparently yeah it's implied that they can't have children of their own it's like andy has the scene where he's like oh things are that that's real fragile sport 
And uh, we like to collect things. And then she, Joanne comes over and is like, that's been in my family for three generations. My grandmother gave it to my mother. My mother gave it to me. And then Andy, like a dick, goes, who are you going to give it to? <laughs> Does that mean it's going to be mine one day? You're going to give this, this to me? Could you just see the grief in her eyes? Like, <laughs> I'm never going to have a child of my own. Big time trigger for anyone listening who also cannot have kids of your own. As a father of a child, I feel heartbroken for you. I really do. But I found that really kind of funny in the movie in the moment. How callously he says that. And it's the innocence of a child. That's kind of true to what a kid would do. Yeah. But that that whole scene, like, because I knew knew it was going to be, you know, they were using it for a callback. But it's when I was like, we was like, oh, 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 hey, bud, uh, we we don't we don't touch those. Like, <laughs> why did you put it at kid height? That's that's bad parenting, man. <clears throat> like, if a dog like, chews up it everything was in your house because you left it out. That's well, not because because I'm like, I'm like, uh, that is like, okay, if this is an important breakable thing, this is clearly not like. I mean, even even if you didn't have kids in the house, like. It felt like a really like this is an oddly like here I'm gonna I'm gonna put all uh all of the uh the figurines <laughs> on the second floor of yeah, the stairs just sitting on the going steps upstairs. aligning the staircase like like what why is this that's here this call, doesn't man. belong that, that, here that's really infuriating how they so, uh, was, I mean because those of us who really like to collect like, things just... and, and display them sometimes even behind black glass counter cases. Yeah. It's, it's, again, it's like, it's kind of like yeah. the fostering thing. It's almost as if the movie people don't understand those that they're, yeah, the fuck? It's like, this, no anyway. one really behaves this way. <laughs> That's all I want to say. Yeah. But I like them because they, they really do together. a good job driving the movie. Um, and they're always just sort of there hovering yeah. way high. I guess that's just, you know what I mean? Like, cause I mean, you have your two stars of the movie are child sized. And I feel like a lot of the scenes are shot up. So yeah. they, they seem more intimidating and things. I Yeah. It it's it's a really good horror movie. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like Roger Ebert's a dick, but he's right. This movie's really well made. Really well acted. And Oh yeah. You know, the the movie's just it's generally fun. It's not a long movie. It's only eighty four minutes. Like a couple times I've watched this thing. Eighty four minutes. That's that's like a good long episode of Stranger Things. It's not very long. And by the way, perfect. I, yeah. I mean, I would say chop it down to 75 minutes. Even. <laughs> find another find another nine minutes and just cut it and just make this thing like an hour long. Because <laughs> it's all you need. It's all you need. Yeah. By the time we get to that final shot, uh, the, the big set piece uh, of the good guys factory, where they just apparently have stacks and stacks of walls and corridors of good guy dolls just everywhere and apparently this movie i think like the first draft they they were uh envisioning this as a christmas themed movie uh so when they i think when they built that set and their inspiration apparently was the final scene from the shining the part where jack is chasing um uh what's the kid's name um I just wanted to leave it like that so people thought there was a problem. (laughs) 
But you know, this in the shrubbery yeah. or whatever, he's chasing him through in the snow. It really definitely feels yeah. that way. It's kind of frustrating because I am thinking to myself, why would they stack them like that? With why would you make a maze out of your inventory? It just really doesn't make sense. Well, and, I mean, it's, again, it's another one of those things is like, you know, anybody that would be in that industry is like, okay, clearly what you would do is, I mean, and I don't even work, I've, I've never worked in a warehouse industry, but I was like, clearly what you would do is you would pallet those off and you would wrap them. Right. And they would be, they would be stacked like, cause it's sort of like, you can't go into, you can't go into a warehouse where it's yeah. like, Hey, and everything like here one can guy. fall on you. There's like one guy the who gets his eyes poked out later in the movie. <laughs> We finally get that shot. I would have been real mad if they set that yeah, up and didn't like, actually see the eyeballs go in. It's like, why do they need a machine yeah. for that? That's crazy. I mean, I guess I've never seen these plants before. Nice when I was in slowly. elementary school, I took a field trip to like the the Rainbow Bread Factory or something, and you get to kind of see the conveyor belts. But if you're a fan of those shows on, say, the Learning Channel or Discovery or whatever, there's always those kind of like how they're made type shows. It is interesting to see how they make like cornflakes yeah. in mass or or rubber balls, what have you. Like it always looks weird going into the packaging. So I guess that is something that would be there. If hey, if you if you worked on an assembly line assembling dolls in the eighties and nineties and you have the answer, please, for the authenticity's sake of this movie, will you please reach out to us? Let us know if that's indeed how you put the eyeballs into a doll. I really want to know. Because if that's how they do it, I'm going to feel like such a dick for like saying like, what? It's clearly like, yeah. <laughs> like, why are you carry over here? Wow. I, I don't even know what's happening. Hi, <clears throat> everybody. And I don't want to, I don't want to skip too far ahead of the movie. It, it's, you know, uh, the story is good. It's one of the better stories. But if you've seen the first movie, you kind of don't need to see any of the other movies. They're really cart like similar with little twists and, and wrinkles throughout this. This episode yeah. is really just to kind of talk a little bit about the Child's Play series, if nothing else. In case you hadn't noticed, I'm not really going in. I, I don't have favorite scenes, you know, like sometimes we'll we'll lovingly talk about a movie that we pick. It's like, oh, let's talk about this one scene for a whole long time. And unlike nope where i really found each scene purposeful and entertaining and scary i don't necessarily need to feel like i need to walk through each scene in child's play 2 because it gets really goofy like when when chucky it almost feels like the movie's sort of poking fun of itself or going off the rails when he kidnaps uh and also by the way i really laugh anytime chucky is is grappled around somebody to move from one, like his locomotion. <laughs> and it's, it's just like a, a doll flapping on oh, the yeah. back. Like you see Andy running to the toy factory and it's just sort of wrapped around him like a backpack. And I guess you're supposed to, you're just supposed to believe that he's holding him. I mean, he does, he's got like a knife to his neck, but I mean, how hard would it be really just to go like, get off of me, you damn doll. And then run away. <laughs> That's besides. Yeah. I, I just have, I kept having to imagine like, one of those things that they never explained was like, oh, even though he's a doll, yeah. he's still got the strength of a man. Because of like, one of my favorite things how about does the this work? movies is how he starts as a doll, but begins turning human, and he has organs and things in him now. 
So when he when he's damaged or when he's injured, yeah, there are brains like brain matter or intestines or what have you. He he's as much flesh yeah. and blood as he is plastic doll, which is really kind of cool. I like that each movie kind of plays with that. And this one, he has the uh, knife that he just kind of, uh, oh, it's painful to watch. He's got like it. He's got like a blade. <laughs> he's got it on like a vice oh, thing. He, yeah. And uh, just smushes it down into like his, his cut, like, cause he had to pull his hand and you see that rubbery and you're just like, well, this isn't going to matter, but you see all the tissue and stuff in there and you're like, Oh, that's disgusting. It's yeah. Like, what is that? The 27 hours movie with, with James Franco <laughs> really similar to that. And he's like, just screaming. Yeah. They got all these versions of the, so we know the child's play doll, the Chucky dolls, a real doll. They got all the different heads. So he's got all these, he's got like the crazy haired head and he's got the head where he's like making that like, look, where where his only it seems like through much of the movie his only yeah. real weapon is trying to bite people like that's really all he can do he's just always around people's necks like rah, 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 yeah like a dog he's a, and he is a for someone known for strangling I he is a biter he bites he's a, lot a pretty avid biter all movies so you know he should be like the Lakeshore biter really that it just saw that almost seems kind of cute and harmless i mean like oh like a little bite that's not gonna hurt anybody you shouldn't do it you shouldn't do it i'm not advocating biting okay (laughs) i'm just saying when it comes to (laughs) we're staunchly against more so than suicide actually (laughs) don't bite kids even more so there's all the bacteria and you're gonna get infected don't bite and and don't end your life can't have this if you have to choose between one of the two, don't bite. <laughs> if Kill you yourself pick one before or the you other, start biting. It's a Sophie's choice, I know. Just go ahead and do that. Don't. Yeah, if it's yeah. a, if it's a flip of a coin, bite me. No, don't bite. I will hang myself by the neck. And and, and yeah. anyways, oh, it took a dark turn. It is a fun movie. It's a fun series. It's at its best in its '90s corniness. I feel like, but. That's not to say that what you're getting now is inferior because it's actually not. It's really good. I have no, I have a, a, um, it's kind of like when you get, um, like a, like something stuck in your head, like you have a craving and you just want to eat only that thing. Well, right now I'm just in this Chucky craving and I'm just consuming all the Chucky movies. And now that I'm through them all, like, I just want to watch movies that were the, you know, like child's play and child's plays twos contemporaries, you know, like what are all those movies? I got to go find those, those, those movies that you would see lined up in the horror section oh, yeah. video stores that you would stare at while your parents picked out a movie that was appropriately aged. You'd kind of slip off and, and just go to town on all those beautiful pieces of artwork for these horror movies. Cause they would, that was their, uh, that was their commercial. You know, they didn't get, they didn't get like giant ad campaigns yeah. on, you know, during, during Cosby show, like they, they no. had to rely on those, those posters and those, those VHS covers. It's just a golden era of, you know, those movies, low budget horror movies, high concept, low budget horror movies are great. And yeah, I love exactly. doing the Halloween spectacular because I think it really energizes us to go throughout the rest of the year. 
we leave Halloween Spooktacular completely energized and ready to do I a whole so bunch too. more shows. Because they're just fun. They're just fun. They're not meant to be taken yeah. seriously at all. They're just fun. They're it's it's you know, you could watch the Jeffrey Dahmer series on Netflix or you could watch Child's Play 2. <laughs> it's way more entertaining. You don't Child feel as icky after, and it's only in uh, get- eighty four minutes. 84 minutes, and you get one of my favorite. Okay. Child's Play 2, I think, has one of my favorite kills in in the entire series. Oh, my when, God. When Phil dies. <laughs> um, just be, because it, it, because the, my fa- one, one of my favorite aspects of all of, of the Child's Play movies is that moment oh, of revelation that a yeah. person has that Chucky is and actually got, alive the, right before yeah. he kills them. How's it hanging, that Phil? Brief moment where, like, <laughs> It is Holy fun. Shit, the, the doll the terror, is actually the, alive. The, the, when they when they realize that, and he just, you know, they're not. Andy's not crazy. <laughs> and, and it's like, wait a minute, what? Andy's yeah, it's like he has this moment where he's yeah. Andy is vindicated, but then the person dies. And now I'm in a like, worse oh, crap, situation than I was before because now I got this unexplainable <laughs> dead body down here. Now there's another corpse <laughs> next to my name. Poor Phil. Like, can you imagine but being you, a sweet? Because he's like have, laying in bed and he thinks he hears a sound, and he he goes to check it out, and he's got this strange, possibly disturbed child down in his basement, holding holding like a turkey carver, like an electric down in the turkey basement. carver, and and you could kind of see yeah. he's just like electric oh, turkey hey, carver. Um, why don't you just lower that, buddy? And he's you know he's kind of doing that thing, like whoa, he's crazy. I gotta get, I gotta disarm this crazy child. Yeah. And yeah, he goes down the steps. How deep is those that that basement? Is what I want to know. I have a, I have a basement, and I'm pretty sure if I just like yeah, if there were no stairs and I fell down, I wouldn't die. Even if I fell on my, I, you know, because he he like breaks his neck. Yeah. 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 Well, he even if he fell the wrong way, baby type death really or injury. You can't fuck with neck injuries and yeah. spinal cord injuries. You really can't. But. I- well, and, and even even that even that though is like because yeah. he falls and he falls through the stairs and he's hanging upside down, so like you don't even have like the the momentum. No. You don't have that force coming behind you of like oh it was all of that from the falls. Like because there's a pause where he's hanging there for a moment and you get Phil? that line from Chuck who's like how's it hanging, Phil? Right. And then Which he is falls. Why I want to know how many and it's like how many stories that was an even shorter fall down does this basement go. <laughs> It's like, yeah, because he falls this, down. He's 45 like, forty-five foot deep basement. Like, oh, uh, then you're right. He gets like saved by the you know the rail yeah, or whatever. It's like, eh. <laughs> so that is a fun, a fun death. You can say that when you're talking about movies like this. It's a fun death. That's all you really want. You you walk away from this movie. Yeah. You just want to like, were the deaths entertaining? And that's when Final Destination really ran with that whole thing. It was like, oh, you want entertaining? It was a fun deaths? movie. <laughs> Hold my beer. I got you covered. Yeah. Um, I don't really have a favorite death scene, but I do the, the imagery of, and again, why does this piece of machinery exist? The whole going up the escalator, uh, conveyor belt thing. And then you go into this little box that's windowless and it just puts on all the uh, appendages, I guess. And yeah. And and Chucky gets stuck in there and it's just apparently sewing shit to him. And it's just, it's going berserk. Because I guess it's like 
it's stopped up or whatever it's clogged yeah and he comes out of that thing looking like a monster but still alive and then they they pull the uh acid just dump that all over like chucky gets like in all the movies the effects of chucky's uh wounds are great i love and i love the stitched on the face look and everything i think that's cool yeah and but i mean i like the non you know uh the, the regular face it's it all works for me it's all a lot of fun and i'm sure if they were selling toys which you know it wouldn't i wouldn't put it past them marketing toys like why didn't they make child's play toys they made again they made robot robocop toys extremely violent why not why were there no more like yeah. why didn't the why didn't the people at why not uh well, I know they wouldn't do this because that would be that would be just awful if like the Gloob or Mattel, whoever owned those dolls back then, just came up to uh, yeah. Don Mancini. I, I don't know who owns it, but I got to assume he has some stake in it. It's just like, hey, we we have not sold dolls in years. Why don't we just take the thing that people like we might as well profit from look like being associated with this. Let's sell officially licensed good guy. Oh, dolls. yeah. We already have the factories and shit set up. You know we can make it look just like that. But yeah, I think at this point of the show, we're just going to go ahead and 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 agree that this is a great movie and uh well well overdue for yeah. recognition on this show. I must say that, that we're in our 80s episode-wise and we have yet to even breathe a mention of Child's Play, I think. Wow. So here we go. That was my uh, third pick for the series. And um, unless you have anything you want to add, I'd like for you to go ahead and reveal what uh, your next pick will be no, for good. Halloween Spooktacular. I'm good. I think I think my next pick, especially because I'm I'm getting the steel book of it today. Hopefully, there's I need to make sure there's I want there to be some some goodies on it. But I'm gonna go ahead and throw back to the uh, uh-huh. the early was it late nineties early two thousand. Oh, I was thinking um, about that movie. The today. Ring. Uh, the do the ring that happens at the end of that movie gave me quite the scare. One night, I'll save yes. it. I'll save that story. Remind me <laughs> when movie. we do the show. I don't want to give it away now. I got to save it for the episode. <laughs> All right. So scream. Uh, I'm not scream. Um, uh, the, the ring. The ring. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Oh man. The, the, the Japanese horror uh, craze was huge. So I'm sure we'll get into all of that when we talk about that movie. So good pick. Good oh, pick. Yeah. Definitely very scary, very effective oh, yes. and creepy. And uh, with that, I want to take us out uh, from a song I found on YouTube from a dude named Daddy Fat Snaps. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Ooh, what you gonna do when the good guy doll is coming for you? Ooh, you don't understand when you're friends with the good guy, it is to the end of. Ooh, what you gonna do when the good guy doll is coming for you? Ooh, you don't understand when you're friends with the good guy, it is to the end. I'm a killer doll. Only live to kill And I'm over Andy But the hunt I love it still And I'm coming back You can never bury me And I'm killing everyone Who's doubting that I'm scary See? I'm a killer doll Only live to kill And I'm over Andy But the hunt I love it still And I'm coming back You can never bury me And I'm killing everyone Who's doubting that I'm scary See?